Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a Welcome to the Dork Forest. I'm Jackie Cation. I am your host of the Dork Forest. You probably know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. We're all over iTunes and whoever has downloaded it and repurposed it for whatever your needs. That's right. So feel free to review the show on iTunes. Uh, feel free to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns. Anyway, uh, let's do the credits. Mike Rickbert composed and sang that song you just heard. He sang it with his wife, Sarah. He'll sing again his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio, and Vilmos does my website. Okay, there are many ways to support the show. Let's talk about them. The easiest way is just to tell other people about the show and follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat at Jackie Cation and tell people uh word of mouth, word of mouth. Another way to support the show financially doesn't cost you anything is the Amazon banner. On JackieCation.com, there's an Amazon banner under support the show. And on dorkforest.com, there's just an Amazon link that takes you to Amazon. And both take you to Amazon. You order like normal, and the show gets a little bit of a kickback. doesn't cost you extra. It's just a way, if you order from Amazon, to help the show. More direct way of helping the show, you can uh, give money to the show via PayPal. There's a PayPal button under the Support the Show page on JackieCation.com, and there's a PayPal button on dorkforest.com. You can donate directly. If you want to give monthly, I haven't made that easy. I don't have a monthly setup. Uh, I know that it's easy. Uh, I just don't have any time to do it. So you have to remember every month that you like the show and then give me money. So uh, I'll use it wisely on audio cables and chocolate, whatever. Uh, another way to support the show, if you don't like PayPal, is people have been Venmoing me money. I'll take it. That seems lovely. Jackie at JackieCation.com. It's just under JackieCation. So whatever. If you have listened to all 600 and whatever episodes of the Dork Forest and would like more Dork Forest, there are premium episodes, probably a dozen of them. And they are, in the last couple of years, if I do a live episode, it usually costs me some money. So I have been putting them up on Bandcamp and they cost money. They cost two bucks a pop. But if you go to the dorkforest.bandcamp.com, you can see those different shows. They're usually live episodes around the world. And there is also a four four stories on a on a sort of a handmade storytelling album that I made over there too and those are just a buck each. So if you want to go to Bandcamp, you can do that as well. You can order merch on jackiecation.com. There are shirts and CDs and a DVD of my stand up. There's the stand up CDs Circus People. It's never going to be bread. This will make an excellent horcrux and my brand new album, I am not the hero of this story. And they're all available as CDs on JackieCation.com. They're all available digitally on Amazon and iTunes. And you can just listen to them on Pandora and Spotify and whatever. So, but if you like hard copies, let me know if you want them signed or not. Um, there's also a DVD of the Horcrux album, which is video. That's what a DVD is. And you can download that at ComedyFilmNerds.com if you just like a download. Okay, there are shirts. There's my stand-up shirt, Spooky Reading Girl. There's also two Dork Forest t-shirts. There's the Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt, and there is a Dork Forest logo shirt. And all the shirts are made in the United States, union-made, 
So they run a little big because they're made by Americans. Other than that, my stand-up is available on the website, on JackieCation.com. You can watch my Conan sets. You can watch a bunch of different stand-up sets. You can, and then you can see what my schedule's like. Enough of this. Let's get into the show. It's a really good one. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm back in my living room, and I am with New York comic Nat Townsend. Hello. Nat Townsend, who I always want to say Nate Townsend, but it isn't. It's Nat Townsend. And you have a podcast called Rate and Subscribe. Yep, the Rate and Subscribe podcast. Do you uh, rate and subscribe things? Uh, no, we ask people to rate and subscribe to our podcast, and if they want, they can even listen to it. <laughs> uh, I enjoy that as an ad for your podcast. That is a great Rate and subscribe podcast, and and then uh, you're a New York comic, so you mm-hmm. and you host a show and do a show, book a show at the UCB New York, mm-hmm. which, which the regular one or the one on it's the a, west side. I like to think of them both as equally regular, a super regular, both of them. Yeah, I it's the one in the East Village. I actually grew up in that neighborhood, right around the corner from the theater. Uh, the theater's on Third and A, and I'm on sec- I'm from Second and Bowery. Which and is do you still live on Second and Bowery? No, because that is now a giant frozen yogurt shop slash oh. brunch slash uh, condo. Wow. So, so they, they, they repurposed your childhood. Well, my building, my childhood building is actually still there, but the neighborhood in general has been completely, not completely replaced, but very rapidly overrun with development in a way that does not integrate into the uh, right. culture and the, the architecture that was there before. Right. So part of the reason I do this show, is, which is sort of a, it's a, it's a talk show. It's a late night the style downtown show. Downtown Variety Hour? Yes. Okay. It's called Nat Townsend's Downtown Variety Hour. And, uh, it's, yeah, the reason I do it is because I, I like to talk to historians and activists and I talk to local business owners. I bring people on for interviews and we talk about, uh, history of the neighborhood and, and different cultural developments and, you know. Oh, so it's not a stand-up show. There is stand-up on. I like to think of it like a late night show except okay. it's at 7.30, <laughs> which right. is not no, the latest. Late enough. It's a, t- a city that never sleeps. So people are tired at 7.30 as well. Yeah, Monday at 7.30. <laughs> Very late spot. But, but yeah, it's a, you know, I'll start out, I'll do a monologue, I'll have a comedian on, and then I'll do an interview. We have uh, local businesses sponsor our trivia segment, so I have a guest host who's an expert on something, ask oh, questions cool. to the crowd, and then we give out pizza from the local pizzeria that sponsors us, and we're actually sponsored by a comic shop, too. Oh, the, awesome. Wow. Well, I'm sorry I don't live in New York and go to that show every week. Well, at some point, at some point, uh, I will be in New York by. and I'll yeah. just stop by for sure. Wow. It actually sounds great, man. Oh, well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. I hope you can come time, come sometime. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, it's funny because, uh, it's, it's essentially, a, you know, a New York culture and history show, but, uh, <laughs> I would say like every third show ends up being about comic books. And oh, our, fair enough. Uh, yeah, it's our justification a- of that is that comics were really created in New York. Uh, the art form was actually really born there. But the real reason for it is just that I like comic books and I got a comic shop to sponsor the Sure. <laughs> and there's no reason. And comic books are like stand-up comedy. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They can be about anything. That's the great thing about it because yes, exactly. uh, for the most part, nobody's watching. Nobody's reading. And I know that there are PAs uh, calling comic book stores as we speak looking for the next big thing. But you can still make your weird little comic and put it on the internet or print it, and no one cares. And yeah, and I like that comics – I think you know this is similar to what you're saying, that they share something with stand-up, whereas uh, someone doing something totally weird and unheard of can be seen on the same stage as someone who has their own TV show if right. the lineup has, happens to work that way. and. One thing I like about the shop, uh, Forbidden Planet in New York that sponsors my show is that they, they have a big indie section, but it's not shoved in a dark, dusty corner in the back of their otherwise superhero oriented comic shop. Yeah. They put 
indie books, like self-published books, you know, where the person paid for the printing themselves, wrote and drew the whole thing themselves, they get the same shelf next to a Marvel or DC book, just in alphabetical order. And I think that's really cool. Like, oh, you that would, is cool. Yeah, you wouldn't see, you know, most movie theaters aren't going to screen, you know, Avatar 2 and my friend's uh, student film. Right, right. The 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 Yeah. Oh, that's cool, because I know that Meltdown puts... They have like an indie shelf, but it's not in a corner. It's, you know, and it's, it rotates just like everything else. And yeah, they have that too, but just for the new releases the first week, they will yeah. put them next to each other, which I think is a nice, like. That is a nice touch though. If it's yeah. new release week, it, it, new release is new release. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just all comics, which yeah. I think is, you know, such an equal footing that you wouldn't find. I mean, similarly. Because then you'll get sucked into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, my, my girlfriend's a comics artist and we go to Comic-Con every year. And one of the things that I'm always marveling at, uh, no pun intended, is hmm. that, you know, imagine if there were a, a, a movie con and, you know, you could go to a panel and see Steven Spielberg and then he was just hanging out afterwards and you could just go and ask him questions. Right. Or the equivalent of that at Comic-Con, you know, you go to these panels and some of the people will say, yeah, if you have more questions, we ran out of time, but we'll just be walking around. Come talk to us. Right. That kind of direct access to the people at the highest, most mainstream part of the industry doesn't right. really exist in other media, but comics are still, and, and comedy in, in some way and are still accessible in that way. Yeah. 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 You can talk to Dana Gould. Yeah. That's exactly. an attainable goal. Uh, he may not want to talk to you, Well, you might just but... have to stand in the right part of the club for a while. <laughs> and you, right. You can. He's over happen. there thinking yeah. he's just thinking, <laughs> staring at a wall. And, uh, but I, it's, um, do you go to regular Comic-Con, like San Diego Comic-Con? So I go to uh, New York Comic-Con every year. Okay. I have not been to San Diego, yeah. and then I've been to I, some other regional. I'm sorry. San Diego Comic-Con is a disaster. It's so too I big. It's, yeah. I, I was there the first time probably 10 or 12 years ago, mm -hmm. and it was too big then. And then I have been to – a. Th and I've been probably six or seven years ago was probably the last time I was there. Maybe, maybe five. But I like to think it was a half a decade at least. Mm -hmm. And um, it's – what I like is I like small comic cons because of the access and because of – like I just went – I did this nerd cruise, which didn't have any comic books. I mean it had a couple of – it had – Gail Simone was on it. Oh, cool. And so that was neat. I got to play a board game with her and her husband. Nice. And uh, – and it was the three of us playing this board game and um, dastardly dirigibles. And oh, okay. um, I've seen that one. You build a dirigible. It's nice. Anyway, so uh, but neither uh, she went first, and then she told me to go next. And her husband looked at her and goes, "Why would why would she go next?" And she was, she said, well, "Clockwise." And I said, "Yeah, you go clockwise." And he looked at both of us. He said. Do neither of you know which way clockwise is? <laughs> I'm next. <laughs> so, but it was such a personal experience of being mocked openly. Uh, <laughs> and you really can't get that in other media. You don't get that in the movie industry. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I would uh, love to have Steven Spielberg be condescending to me. All I need, exactly, is, 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 is Paul Feig's wife to mock me. That's what I'm looking for. Exactly. And, but I'm sure possibly maybe one day an attainable goal. But uh, so, yeah, we could talk about comic books for the next uh, 55 minutes. But, yeah. well, let's talk. I, I, I was curious because you said your dorkdom was Speed Racer. That's a that's a big one for me, yeah. You like Speed Racer. My first Speed crush, Racer. Racer X. You know what? It's understandable. I was four or five years old. He was, he was a mysterious hero. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought he was very handsome in his mask, uh, for an animated gentleman, not real. You really, you really were attracted to that guy who's only, uh, just his face below his nose and mouth are visible. <laughs> right. You would have thought I would love Batman more. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, they say, 
you, you, you don't need to see the whole person, you know, you, <laughs> it's all some personality. Just need, yeah, just need the front of the jaw and some personality. And that cleft thing right above your, your lip. Oh, yeah. Which has a name, but Filtrum. I can't. Oh, thank you. Welcome. Nat Towson knows, <laughs> knows what it is. And uh, so tell me about Speed Racer. What's, what's your love? Where does it come from? What does it mean? It, it's hard to, cause it started out as, um, I think this was one of the, the, it's, Okay. Tell me it wasn't the live action movie. No, but I do love the live action movie. Um, it's, that's almost okay. another level. We'll get to that. I, I think Speed Racer is notable as one of the first things as I was sort of figuring out this uh, way that you can love something and then sort of like it sarcastically or ironically and then still enjoy it. Okay. And because I think it was one of the ones that sort of like closed the loop for that on me when I was seven or so years old the TV show the 60s cartoon right. was rerun on Saturday morning cartoons right. and I was uh, unironically, uh, unself-awarely com- obsessed with it. I obsessed. love this I love really the car. exciting. There's action. Yeah, it's action. There's there's uh, relationships. Eventually, there's a monkey. There, yeah. Oh, there's there's a there's pretty strong monkey presence throughout, or chimp <laughs> presence throughout, rather. Right. And um, yeah, he's a he's an ape, I believe. But um, or his name is Chim Chim. So otherwise, it's misleading if it's if he's not an ape. Okay. But for what, you know, it was an exciting children's cartoon with mm-hmm. action and fighting and, and, and car racing. And so I was into it then. And then at some point between then and college, I started watching the show again. Right. And I thought it was the funniest thing imaginable. <laughs> but people. Why? I, it's, I mean, I can, tell, the, I can tell you what's funny about it. Because it doesn't necessarily hold up as an adult. But if I could, if I could come at it at that angle, I might be able to re-love it. Okay, so I'll explain to you why I think it's funny, and and I and I, the reason I say you know trying to understand this, uh, I, I even hesitate to say ironic appreciation is that I still think it's funny, and I still like it. I don't, I'm not making fun of it when I say that I think it's funny. Okay, and what I think is funny about it is like there's a couple of factors that are uh, really remarkable about it. One is that it was, you know, made it to be a Japanese cartoon, and then it was translated into English by four people. And one of them is this guy Peter Fernandez, who also wrote the theme music. Okay, <clears throat> wow. Yeah, and he was a he was a he lived in Rockland County. He was a neighbor of my grandparents. I never met the man, <laughs> but I know he lived there. And so they had a staff of four people to translate this entire show. How many episodes are there? There's 52, I believe. Okay, uh, but what's so what's funny is so well one thing that's funny is. They play the main characters, and then every side character is so obviously one of the four of them speaking further and further oh, wait. and further out of the side of their mouth. <laughs> They're not good at voices. I just like, hey, we're gonna have to get them, she. And then like another one. It's like some of the worst gangster thug voices. It's like, oh, the thug voices are they're caricatures of what you might think that. Wait, so I don't think I ever knew this. Is there four people wrote? And four people to- total, I believe, translated because it was in Japanese originally. So f- there were four American actors who translated it and then did all the voices. They did all of the voices. Yeah. All of the voices. And I think there might only be one woman who does all of the female voices. I think it might be one woman and three men. I had to check that. It could be two and two. But uh, it's pretty amazing. Who does the little kid? Uh, that's probably the, the female voice. Okay. Yeah. Because um, it's usually higher. Yeah. yeah. It's very high pitched. And, and then uh, I think. She also does Speed's girlfriend, Trixie, and Speed's mom. And uh, then the men split up the just thousands upon thousands of, of gangster archetypes in, right. in like 60s and sort then of the mechanic, suits. And then his brother. Yeah. Those, it's, the gang, it's the mechanic, his brother, and Speed. And then it's Trixie, his mom, and the kid. Yeah, and for uh, Spritel is the kid's name, and for Spritel. you know, for to give them some credit, they differentiate those voices pretty well. They all right, sound like six different are, people. Yeah, 
and then and then it's just bad guys galore, right? Oh yeah, and and uh, that's another thing that I find really funny about this show. And I, and I rewatched the pilot yesterday. And one of my favorite <laughs> parts about it is just the fact that so much of the show are just profile shots of men screaming. <laughs> I had forgotten how much because they do that anime thing where the background disappears and you just see someone's face really close or like a really intense looking or like for some shots, their faces will be drawn in more detail than other ones. So it's just like anger wrinkles. And the the first episode just has Speed Racer's father and the you know the villains who are trying to get his plan for the Mach Five, right? Or for the engine that makes the Mach Five run so fast. And they're trying to get it from him, and he doesn't want to give it to them. And rather than just have that exchange once, there's like a two-minute sequence of them just screaming at each other. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I, not I'd even like to... words? Just screaming? No, it is words. But, right. But like, I, I also like to imagine that it might just be the same man <laughs> just in a room screaming further and further into the corner of his own mouth. <laughs> like sometime in 1962, one guy went into a voice booth. <laughs> And just screamed at himself for a while. And they're like, yeah, that's a whole TV show. That's a whole TV show. Cathartic. Cathartic. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Yeah, it's a really high percentage. And But the the other, like, probably most egregious thing about it is the – it's one of those shows where – so the pace of the dialogue, for one thing, they had to translate from Japanese. But Japanese as a language typically has uh, shorter words than English. Okay. And over the course of a 20-something minute episode, that adds up. So rather than rewrite the scripts, they adopted this strategy of they were just going – they didn't re-edit any of the animation. They did not have the budget for that. Okay. So they actually had to just speak faster in order to – People are talking really fast in yeah, that show. That show is – and I think that's one of the things that attracts me to it is that I, I really like – um I like the the show Veep. I like His Girl Friday. I like okay. things that have sort of a frenetic, uh, high pace to them. I, oh, yeah, yeah. All I the, find myself so the really, West yeah. Wing. Yeah, the nonstop dialogue or the like. The I, for whatever reason, am attracted to like hyper stimulation like that. So I think that's the thing that probably really triggered in me before I even knew that as a kid was just like the show is happening and you're watching it right now because a character is talking and another character is talking. You can't look away for one second. You can't even possibly move because you're going to miss a point in the plot. Except for. There are these sequences where people are driving. So this is what's amazing. They cram all this dialogue into like two minutes. Right. Because that's how it was edited. Yeah. And they, and they can't disperse it over the course of the episode. But then there will be literally a five-minute sequence that's a car race. Of silence and just the noise of the car. Yeah, screeching. And then someone goes like, oh. Or yeah, like yeah. That. There's breathing or something. Yeah, there's a lot of reacting non-verbally. And I, I also I, – I wonder if Peter Fernandez also for the show just went into a booth one time and just gave him some wild reactions. <laughs> and, uh, and they just dispersed them over the course of 50-something episodes. Yep, right. So there's just like, oh, crowd reaction. And uh, well, that – okay. So are are they – are there scenes I can't see? I haven't seen it in a in decades, but I loved it when I was a kid until my parents told me I couldn't watch it anymore. What, what was their objection to uh, it? Is that I I kept having nightmares about one episode, and oh, um, I don't know which one. I know. Uh, I'm hoping you have seen this episode and know what my my eight year old brain was was making happen because I love Speed Racer. It was the best. But I so were they always yelling from the side or was they also yelling There's some frontal, frontal yelling. Some frontal yelling. Or some three quarters yelling. Oh fair enough. But it was it was funny to notice there's these shots where just it's sort of like faces popping in from either side of the frame <laughs> and, and just an adult man is screaming and they're like, yeah that's a show for kids. <laughs> right, Two well, businessmen <laughs> shrieking in each other's faces. It was a lot of shrieking. And so I want to know like what okay, I'll tell you there's no reason to what why, why the suspense. Uh it was so 
for some reason, this is what I remember the episode being. Okay. Trixie has a nightmare. Okay. Where Speed dies. And the devil shows up. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember the devil showing up. <laughs> was there a red mask? That's was, that's definitely possible. I think there's an episode like later be, in the run where oh, because it would have been because Racer X had a mask, oh, yeah. right? So there must have there might have been a bad guy with a red mask oh, who okay. I thought of as the devil. <laughs> and uh, I don't remember that. I've seen every episode of this show, so it's bothering me that I don't remember that. Right. I wonder if there's a red masked villain in the Speed Racer. Uh, <laughs> But it was, uh, all I remember is having, like, there was a, sh- it was a shot of, of, it was like a long shot of the Mach 5 in just with a poof of smoke, right? Mm-hmm. It had been crashed. And, and Trixie just yelling, ah, speed. And, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, a big image of a face and it was in a red mask. So that's what I remember. That was the, and, and I that had, gave you such nightmares that your parents, that my were, parents like, were like, no more. We're done with Speed Racer. And then I would sneak it because uh, I was a latchkey child. <laughs> so I could well, watch it's funny I because, wanted. like, yeah, exactly. You, that moment stuck out to you in the show. If, if you pay any attention, I think is another thing that I found funny in once, you know, once it wrapped around for me and I started watching it again is that right. there's, the show is extremely dark if you pay attention. As a kid, it didn't occur to me. You watch the opening credits and I think three cars explode in the race, just in the, those are just people dying. Right. You just see explosions all the time. Right. Yeah. In the first episode, there's this car race and it's getting really intense. And it's just this montage of different cars careening directly into the side of a mountain. Yes. And just exploding. And exploding. And as a kid, I didn't even go like, oh, wow, that was seven deaths. Right. Uh, but no, you don't. One. You never. Speed. Yeah. Speed wins the race. You never. There's not like funerals. It's not <laughs> <No>. like. <laughs> it's not addressed very. There's an episode where they go. Okay, and and it's hard not to go off on tangents, but there's an episode where they go to a please. T- this is the place. Maybe Saudi Arabia. They, I oh, love. I really it's like really Dubai love. or something. Yeah, right? but they're they're so. <laughs> the show would be racist if it weren't so inaccurate to be like even within a region of the world, you're not sure what they're talking about. <laughs> right. It's so weirdly sweeping. It could be South America. Right, and it's, they it's don't set know in Japan or America. Right. <laughs> Definitely one of those. <laughs> Maybe, but there's, there's even an episode where it looks like they go to Japan, but maybe it's they go to a different part of Japan, but there's an episode where they go to this country that is in a desert and it's, I believe they say Sando land, but maybe Sandal land. It's really unclear what they're saying. I've listened to it a number of times. But it seems maybe to be like they're a being really, blurry on for purpose. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's really unclear that they have a, a, a global identity that's uh, like deliberately vague. Right. But they go to some country that's hypothetically in the Middle East. But the reason I bring that up is that it's in this episode that there is a 100 car race, and that's the big thing about it. And oh yeah, he, I remember and, the 100 car race episode. Yeah. yeah, and he has a rival in it, and he and the he beats the rival by like a hair, and they're the only two that cross the finish line. <laughs> And I watched that as an adult, and I was like, "Are we not going to address the ninety-eight deaths that right, just happened? That just occurred, and uh, people just drive off the side of the mountain, and then that's right, it. Right, we don't see from them ever again." Yeah, it's so weird because it's there's a lot of sand dunes, but then there's a lot of cliffs. Yeah, and then there's a lot of mountains. It's unclear, yeah, what exactly what terrain like, we're in. We don't even know if we're on Earth in the end of it all because it's a little too like those don't ex- those exist in California. Yeah, it's the only state in the union that has both deserts, mountains, uh, cliffs, oceans, and um, 
what's left forests and um plains of ice uh oh yeah there's snow and yet also fresh water and i don't think sandaland was intended to be california unless it was like a birkenstocks joke right that, that didn't really land in the 60s <laughs> no no i think it was arabia I think yeah. it was. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was Lawrence of, and uh, yeah, there's some headgear going on. Yeah, is there? Oh, there's some scarves happening. Some, yeah, but okay. again, not accurate enough to pin down to like, oh, that's a certain religion or that's a certain region's, right. uh, you know, headgear. That's that's just sort of a yeah, that's general, a kafia. That's yeah. and the thing is, is we know what they are now, just because you know, 45 years later, uh, there's more there's more talk. There's more talk of headwear. Yes, and also I feel like this was in a, in an era where like you could be you could just set something in a foreign land and like if you had a gong sound effect like that's all the set dressing you really need <laughs> like we don't we don't have to sell this it's too a hard. Gong, so clearly we're somewhere where gongs are happening. Right, and, and then uh, it's like okay, now it's in an exotic other country. <laughs> like, are things weird and different here? And like no one was ever going to be like, oh, actually, I've seen photographs of Saudi Arabia and it doesn't look anything. It like doesn't that. look like that, and that's a pagoda. Yeah, and uh, so why? <laughs> yeah, but okay. So now what is Trixie's? backstory do you remember we don't get that deep into trixie's backstory she is speed's girlfriend which we know she also right. is a helicopter pilot right I, that's right and she has chin chin doesn't she is uh, no, her friend uh, spritel and chim chim are our best friends oh that's so, so trixie's kind of on her own and I, I was talking so two interesting things about trixie mm-hmm. um one is i was watching an episode of this show with a good friend of mine recently uh, in preparation for this podcast. And she pointed <laughs> well out something played. that I, this is maybe more about speed, but I think it'll be interesting to talk about. Um, she pointed out something that I had never really put my finger on about the show, which is that all of the villains and most people in, in the speed racer universe are the uh, like goons. They're all, they all look like, like, ugly and twisted and they all they oh, all like hold orcs. their jaws yeah they all have like these really twisted and sneering faces at all times the other drivers are are often uh sneering as well like like as in if there's like a villain and he sends his, his goons out in the car they all have these ugly sneering faces there's and no happy thugs no no and and but in general everyone else is drawn in a more cartoonish uh less attractive way and when we see close-ups of speed he has he's the only male character that's drawn like the female characters. So Trixie, if they show a close-up of her, she has these really pronounced eyelashes. She has a really pretty face. They always make her very symmetrical or very, or very like well designed, you know, very, a few very carefully placed lines. The same thing with his mother. Okay. Uh, and then, and then sometimes we meet, you know, a female, a love interest or a damsel in distress or something like that. Oh, and, femme fatale. Mm, and they're, oh. but they're all drawn to be beautiful. Right. And speed is the only man uh, who is drawn the same way as the women, which is he's, he's very, he's a very oh, pretty looking Oh, he's also pretty, uh, okay, so, so his dad and, well, don't, uh, His dad's a little gruffer, he's drawn a little bit more like a cartoon, he's got a big mustache, and he's got like a more round face, but Speed looks like, he looks like Elvis, like he's got yeah. the long, uh, sideburns, and his hair is always very carefully coiffed, even though he's wearing a helmet most of the time. Right, right, no hat hair. <laughs> and he has very pronounced eyelashes, too. And Stridle doesn't? Uh, Stridle does not. Stridle is drawn, drawn much more like, uh, you know, much more cartoonist style. I mean, these are both okay. cartooning styles, yeah, yeah. but like Speed has Bambi eyes and, and Sprite, yes. you know, looks like a, like, like more like a cartoon chipmunk. You're, you're Chippendales. So. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Cause him and his, him, him and his ape buddy are, um, okay. And they're, and to be fair, like they're the, like they're for the youngest kids, right? You know, right. the little kid character is there for like the younger brother watching the show. Right. And then the older brother wants to watch like the cooler, the cool Elvis guy. Right. And I always thought that Speed was cool. Like as a kid, like he had like, I mean, he is dressed like Elvis. He's got the white pants. I always thought he was gloves. Elvis. 
Yeah, and it's I, like I'm, Elvis or Tony Curtis. I'm pretty sure it's a direct <laughs> reference. Like I think I think yeah. that because at that time, you know, the show is coming around in the early 60s, late 50s. Uh, I mean, I don't know when exactly it was developed, but right. You know, so when they start doing sketches at that time, you know, Elvis. And you want a cool kid. It's right. Be yeah. Elvis. Exactly. And yeah. you're, you're in Japan. The, the like the American cool guy is Elvis. So yeah. he was drawn to look like that. Which that I had recognized throughout time that he's like more stylish than other people. And the other drivers often have like pretty stylish clothing or like nicer hair. Like they're they're more handsome than the rest of the reality. Right. But it hadn't occurred to me that Speed is like also just has this beautiful face. Like they draw him like female beautiful almost. Yeah. He, well, he is. He is. Uh, symmetrical and gorgeous and uncanny valley kind of and yeah and, and just again these incredibly long eyelashes for whatever reason <laughs> well who wouldn't want them yeah uh, <laughs> are there now i can't remember any episodes if there's a femme fatale mm. is there is trixie ever in trouble does she ever get jealous no, like- she does get jealous, uh, but there, there's a couple of, of different characters where it'll be like Speed has to save a woman and Trixie, uh, Trixie's upset about that. <laughs> don't save her. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think you Knock understand how many people die in this in this show. Yeah, it doesn't. You, Let you, the woman you're fighting die. a losing battle here at this point. <laughs> Just try to cross the finish line. <laughs> Um, there, there is, well, one of my favorite episodes, uh, where there is another female character who, who needs rescuing and, and, and Trixie is, I would say at least ambivalent is uh, an episode <laughs> called the car hater. Oh yeah. I don't know if you remember this one, no, but it is. I love the name of it. Well, it's perfect because, uh, so to back up very slightly, one of the things I think is so funny about this show and you're asking me, you know, what's funny to me about it as an adult. One of the things that I think is so funny is that there's literally zero subtlety like it moves very quickly but they can't right. hide anything right. from the viewer uh in the first uh the, or the second two-parter is about it's the mystery of racer x it's about you know oh, yeah. who is racer x and uh they spend the first episode setting up that there's this mysterious racer a few years ago <laughs> and then this racer racer x showed up on the scene in the same sentence almost yeah, almost, almost yeah. but they but they spend literally a whole episode setting up the fact that like he doesn't know who this is mm-hmm. and and also your brother ran away five years ago <laughs> i told him not to do that dangerous race and then i don't, you don't want to race without racer x no one knows who he is and like you know racer x is miraculously a very good racer and he's one yes. of the only one who can give speed and run for his money and they spent this they spend the whole episode setting up this like who could it be thing? And then in the recap to episode two, yes. where it's just a voiceover mm-hmm. explaining what happened in the first episode, it says, Racer X, who Speed doesn't realize is secretly his brother, Rex. <laughs> and then they t- <laughs> keep recapping. <laughs> so there's so bad at subtlety that they didn't even remember that in the previous episode they left we it We didn't tell us. No. Yeah, they didn't tell us yet. I mean, it was obvious. There should be an episode three. But uh, they think it's so obvious that they can just <laughs> say it in the recap part because it's like, you know. We all get this, right? Yeah. yeah. So one of my favorite things about the show is that it is just kind of in a competition for itself for how little <laughs> subtlety it can provide. I watched an episode with my brother, and, and and we were like, oh, I think I see what's going to happen here. And then a minute later, they were saying, I think, the exact words that we had said out loud. And he started laughing. He's like, I forgot once we figured out what the plot was that they were going to do it with just zero nuance whatsoever. <laughs> there is a character named – there's one episode where they are – you know. They're working on their car, and there's this guy they have to worry about from the rival motor company. They keep referring to this rival motor company. And, you know, they're a small, literally, mom and pop uh, (laughs) car company, and it's just their family business. And this is like a bigger company. And they've been referencing it for about half the episode, the rival motor company. Yeah. And then they cut in, and the CEO's name is Jack Rival. (laughs) And on the wall, it says Rival Motor Company. (laughs) Which is like my favorite reveal. It's so stupid. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I think my parents made me stop watching this because it was dumb. It's incredibly dumb. <laughs> They're like, like, oh, this isn't helping. But that's what they, like, every time you think you know exactly what's going to happen, they find a way of doing a more obvious <laughs> version of that. Like, your brain creates nuance because we know how to- stories are supposed to be told. So we're like, oh, and then they'll probably be like, you know, a, a mysterious other driver. It's like, no, his name's going to be written on his chest. Like, <laughs> mysterious. Yeah, no matter what, exactly. No matter what they do, they they will actually surprise you, but not surprise you by subverting expectations that they set up on purpose, <laughs> but, by, but by being more obvious than you just could see. Right, as you're like, possible. oh, I didn't see that twist. No, not, but, that's a crazy twist because there's no twist. You just untwisted yeah. something that was barely twisted. <laughs> exactly, yeah, the, the twist... <laughs> Is just the lack of any <laughs> tension in the narrative whatsoever. <laughs> it's really okay. amazing. Does Racer X ever? Does uh, is there? Spoiler alert. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I mean, the show came out over fifty years ago. Exactly. It's all on Hulu, though. If you want to pause the. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, the original series is all on Hulu. If you want to pause, uh, I have my sister's Hulu. I, you know, I have. You can tweet at me. I'll give you my Hulu password. <laughs> and, uh, you can pause uh, the podcast and listen to it now, or watch it now. Watch it right now. What's your question? Spoiler. Uh, my que- my spoiler question is: I forget if Speed ever does find out it's it's X. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a good. Brother. It's a good. Uh, it's a good question. And in the uh, in one of the final episodes, Speed confronts Racer X about uh, who he really is, and Racer X punches Speed in the stomach and drives away. Problem But okay, so what about Racer X without his without his mascot? Do we get to see that? Does he? We see that in the um in the second two parter in the one. So in in that recap, oh, it ends. uh, Speed Racer comes to the family's house, the Racer family's house, in the middle of the night, and he goes to take a shower for whatever reason. I don't know if he's homeless or what's exactly is going on. He's just at his parents' house and he's taking a shower. Right, he's come back, but but as far as they know, he's dead or has run away and. Uh, but he just decides he stops in in the middle of the night, and the first episode, I believe, ends with Speed approaching the bathroom, realizing that there's someone in there, and that Racer X's mask is laid out on uh, <laughs> the like the, he's left the stuff like out on the couch outside yeah. of the bathroom like, for whatever right. reason, but his, gl- his gloves and his driving uniform are all out there. So we, the audience, see uh, Racer X undress, but but um, Speed doesn't see it at the time. Okay, and he, he manages he manages to get out of that. Uh, <laughs> Out of that, I think it's like reveal. a creative steam situation in the, in, in the way that like, only like hand drawn two D animation steam would really make sense because they they couldn't really do opacity back then. So steam is just a solid object, and therefore narratively you can hide behind it your face and your genitals. Right, exactly. Yeah, uh, two two it. little clouds protected him, essentially. You're like, oh, but he clearly does sit ups. Good for you, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so okay, and then. What, does Racer X ever talk to his dad and not and his dad not know who he is? Uh, you know, it's it's hard to tell because they're so ob- <laughs> like again. Right, it's, the, it's the, hard the, to remember. The, the question the question is like what do like what do they know and what do, and what's the difference between what the characters know and what do we know because they're so over- overt about it that sometimes it's hard to forget to remember who knows what because you're like why wouldn't I, this is so clearly so obvious right but for Fair the most enough. part we don't we don't see them interact we see uh, Racer X only in the in the racing circuit later on after after the you know there's a couple like I said towards the end of the series he, they confront him about it right and, and he, now who are Spritle and Chim Chim Spritle and Chim Chim are Speed so Speed's the middle child and uh, he's kind of like the savant of the family. Okay. So so there's three brothers, Rex, Speed, and Spritel, right? Yeah. And Oh, so uh, Spritel is actually his little brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
And um, and his name is Spritel. His name is Spritel. What is Speed's not real name? Do we well. know? It's Speed. His first name is Speed. And his last name is Racer. Pardon me. Did you, were I'm you so expecting sorry. some second level meaning here? Right. I forgot that his rival it's in the name was Rival. Yeah. His name is Rival. His literal name is Speed Racer. Like his fast dad's goer. Name, what's his dad's first name? His uh, dad's dad, name is Pops. Dad Racer. Pops Racer. Pops Racer. Yeah. Which had to have been weird as a kid, but eventually worked out for him. And, you know, I have this whole stand-up bit I gotta, about. I gotta marry Pops. <laughs> racer no one's gonna think that's creepy because my name is mom exactly well, i have this whole stand-up bit about about my brains and my tendency to nitpick and break every th- story apart down to the and but the, the example i use in it is the berenstain bears and they have a very similar thing which is uh it, it's it's mama and papa berenstain are their names and right it was like gotta have been a rough childhood but it's great that they found each other <laughs> I am oh Chris God. Berenstein and I'm uh, Mama Berenstein. <laughs> right. It doesn't really work. Let's marry and have children so that these names make sense. Right, exactly. Uh, Nat Towson. Let me just say your name again so that mm-hmm. people know it's Nat Towson. And is it at Nat Towson on Twitter and things? Yep, Twitter, Instagram, anything. anything. S-T-O-W-S-E-N. Mm-hmm. Nat Towson. All right. So, uh, how did, how do we get the, how do we get the chimp? How do we get the ape? You know, it's not really clear why they have an ape, but I will say that he wears a uniform. So, so I, he's I think in he's, the pit crew? I think he's an employee, yeah. Yes. Well, they well, certainly write him he off, He and sure. Chim Chim, I'm sorry, he and Spritel, uh have like red and white striped uniforms, as does the mechanic, I believe, is, okay. uh, Sparky. Another, another person who like really found his calling. Right, right. I forget about Sparky. <laughs> Named their child Sparky, and luckily he's like an electrician now. <laughs> No, I remember Spritel hiding in the trunk a lot. Uh, pretty much every episode uh, <laughs> in, invo- involves Spritel and Chim Chim. And it's also funny because there are a number of episodes where, like, they talk about the weight of the car. Yeah. It's a problem. There's, there's an episode called Mach 5 versus Mach 5 where someone gets the plans to the Mach 5. They make a – of course, it's, there's just these anonymous criminal organizations that right. appear to be Italian gangsters where, wherever they are. <laughs> they all wear, like, fedoras and, and suits and stuff. Wow, like, like, Peter really didn't like the Italians. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Well, he didn't draw the show. Whoever, whatever Japanese animator initially oh, right, did right. it oh. uh, didn't – you know, or, or had seen one mob movie and right, right. just based every criminal off that forever. What was the name of the guy in It's a Wonderful Life who played Nick, the bartender? Oh, um – Sheldon Leonard? Yes. yes. So Sheldon Leonard is the the basis of all of, of these every, guys. Every one of them. Sheldon Leonard played Italian gangsters in every other movie he was ever in, mm-hmm. and then he played the good guy bartender in It's a Wonderful Life, and um and then he went on to executive produce the Dick Van Dyke Show. Anyway, I did not know that. Uh, there we go. Fun fact: Sheldon Leonard and I have been compared to Sheldon Leonard. <laughs> uh, somebody told me in the nineties that I was like a female Sheldon Leonard, and I was like, "Did you take it as a compliment?" I didn't know who he meant, and then I looked it up, and I was like, "Dude, you wear a beret." It was some comic <laughs> in Minneapolis who wore a beret. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, opinion slightly devalued <laughs> based on attire. It's uh, I get it. You think that I'm handing out wings here to pixies? <laughs> so okay. okay. Uh, what was I? Oh, right. So yes, please. Mach 5 versus Mach 5. It's uh, anonymous Italian-ish gangsters right. build a Mach 5, uh, you know, duplicate. Yeah. And it's just as fast as the Mach 5. 
you know, speed can only solve problems by going very fast. Every problem solved in this show, whether it's emotional, <laughs> but in a circle. Yeah. For some well, reason. Some, no, some of them I think are like like you Over know the, the hundred car race is like from one place to the next. I think, but some of them are, are probably less. The guy's the definition of a geographic man, right? So, so you know, they only know how to solve problems by going fast. So, like this is like in some ways, it's the ultimate challenger because it's. Someone who's just as fast as him. Right. And, and the way that it, but what happens is the reason that that car has entered the race is to steal something in this foreign country, like diamonds or something like that. Oh, weird. Yeah. There's a lot of like criminal activity that happens to go on during a professional car race. And this <laughs> right. show is like people are using it to get something from illegal actually from, from one place, place to, to, another. to another place. Yeah. And when I guess they think just drive just there. Blend in. Yeah. <laughs> like drive slower and not make a big deal out of it. <laughs> Just like stop off at a way station and like, kind of hide it in the back of the oh truck my God, or something. I have to watch the show again. But no, it's always it's always like this criminal plot revolves around them actually stealing something during a car race. Okay. Um, and sometimes it's stealing from another racer. Sometimes it's just a way to get from point A to point B. And in this one, they've stolen something. And the way that Speed actually catches up to him is that the other Mach Five is heavier because it's weighed down with the stolen goods, so it's slightly slower. So Speed ah, wins by being faster. In there the you end. go. Anyway. And Spritel is clearly not in the trunk. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is like in every other episode, they're weighed <laughs> down by the weight of a chimp and a child. Right, which not... has got to be at least 65 pounds. Yeah, it's not nothing. <laughs> right? Even if he's seven. I think chimps have some serious muscle density, too. Yeah, so. yeah. But I think that these are these are at least 35-pound people. Yeah. Or... And I would say in, in pretty much every episode, uh, they, they Spritel and Chimp Chimp pull off one of two tricks. Uh, the main one being that they are told, no, you have to stay at home. And then they get in the trunk of the car. Oh, right. And no one's like, what about the last 23? Three times this happened. <laughs> we should check the trunk of the car before you go on a professional car race where most of the cars explode. Right. No uh, one ever does. No and, one ever does. And then the other trick that they pull, which is a real favorite of mine, is the one on top of the other in a trench coat to pass as an adult. They totally do that. Yeah, but they put Shim Shim on top, so it's just a... Uh, ape's face. Right. It's always the chimp's face. They never explain why they do that. Spritel's always on the bottom, and then Chim Chim is the head sticking out. And then people are like, ah, oh, yes, a tall chimp. <laughs> of course, a you super, may have a mission. Of course, yeah. you must. You, there must be some reason for you to be in this bar. Yeah. Go. Yeah, you, you have you have good taste in uh, long jackets. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Are there any other characters you'd like to discuss before we get into what I want to know? Is why I clearly you don't have epilepsy because you saw the live action program and didn't die. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a lot. I'm trying to think of their other character. I mean, you know, Jack Rival is a real favorite of mine. Oh, that is a classic. It's pretty amazing. There's another. There's another villain named Crusher Block. I thought that was a good one. <laughs> wow. Of, yeah, there's a lot of amazing. Oh, oh. So I will tell you the, the character that I wanted to talk about because we were yeah. talking about other female characters. Yeah. And also also talking about every problem being solved by driving really fast. <laughs> one of my favorite episodes, The Car Hater, is an exception. To how they solve that problem, they they do solve the problem by driving really fast. But I love that you know, in the world of Speed Racer, everything is about racing. I mean, this is again, same friend who pointed out the eyelashes pointed out to me. Just I love how the world is all about this. Everyone you meet thinks that not only is racing them like Speed is the hero, not of just the racing circuit. He's the hero of their reality because um, he's the best racer, and that's the the metric the only yardstick being measured. Right, it's the only thing that matters in this world, and. and I had this moment, and I will. I promise I'll get to the, t the car hater. But I had this moment. I was watching the Speed Racer, uh, the Wachowskis film, which I also love, which is an, another totally insane endeavor. Um, I was watching it. My girlfriend had never seen it, and we were having a screening at a friend's house. We projected it really big, which is really the only way to watch that movie. And 
about I don't know an hour and a half into this two and a half hour movie during one of the so tw- long one of the long. yeah there are three driving sequences tr- true to the show the, se- the sequences <laughs> are way too long there are three car races in the movie and they're each like oh twenty my minutes god. long oh my god. but during maybe the, I think the second car race of the movie we're several minutes into the the racing montage and she just starts she bursts out laughing and she's just like you can't drive. You can't drive because I don't have a driver's license. And she couldn't. She was like, this is your favorite thing. (laughs) (laughs) We've been watching people drive for 15 minutes. For 15 minutes with little dialogue. This is your favorite thing. You can't drive. And I I, occurred to me, I was just like, I don't think that this show is about driving. (laughs) And yet it's entirely about racing. But it could be about anything is my point because everything in the show is about driving, right? So right. so I think the thing that attracts me to about it is that it's about focus and it's about determination and it's like this, you know, this guy who is always, you know, in a in a flow state and is all, you know, just never, you know, always deals with doubt by by doubling down and like just I have to be the fastest person. Right. And so how does he get out of it in the car hater? So in the in the car hater, the car hater introduces this villain who is, you know, philosophically antithetical to the world of speed racer in that he doesn't like racing. He thinks cars are dangerous. In fact, he hates cars. He rides a horse. He rides a <laughs> He rides a horse and he he spends the beginning of the episode riding around on a horse and hitting people with a whip. Oh my god. And so <laughs> this is one of the greatest episodes of the Dark Forest ever. <laughs> he tries oh good, I'm glad. He tries to interrupt a car race on like a big, you know, a, a lap circuit on a big o- yeah. oval by just getting on there with a horse and trying to chase them down. <laughs> he's he's try basically he gets one out there horsepower versus many horsepower. Right, but this is his 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 his, his plot. <laughs> Jesus. It sounds even stupider when I say it out loud, but his plot is to get in the way so that the cars will try to swerve so that they'll crash so that everyone will see how dangerous cars are. Oh, my gosh. Not how dangerous guys with horses on the road are. Right. Not how dangerous people who cause accidents are. Oh, my God. He literally jumps over the fence in the horse and then causes an accident and is like, see, aren't cars dangerous? Oh, my God. And he has this daughter who is this, like, you know, sort of a damsel in distress type. And that's that's one of the ones where Trixie's like... You know, not to- not right. totally having it because Speed is like enamored with this girl, mm-hmm. and she's very sweet, and she's drawn in that very pretty style, mm-hmm. and that that's his daughter, and she, you know, is she forbidden. wants to drive a car, she but she's forbidden from being around cars at all, at all, and then uh, she ends up meeting <laughs> Speed, right? And there's this, you know, she sees him in secret, and of course, there's you know some tension there with Trixie Why as wouldn't well, there be? but her mm-hmm. father does not approve of this at all, and then she comes to watch a race, and her father. Seek, you know, comes to, I believe, uh, ruin the race, try to cause a car yes. ride. He's like, what are you doing near this car? You can't be near a car. And, he, and he's furious and he, he whips people for a while with his whip. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what that has to do with hating cars. Maybe it's just more of a horse thing. Like he's just like has a crop. It's like he's like, keying people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, ah! <laughs> Multiple shots of people just reacting to a whip. And then, you know, he gets furious with her and then, uh, he tries to take her away. And there is uh, a crash. She gets injured. There's a crash. And he's like, I have to take her to safety. And his horse, there's on the side of this mountain on this long race, and his horse gives up. And his horse will not ride Oh, my God. The horse breaks down. Yeah, the horse breaks down. The horse collapses on the side. (laughs) And they're trying to take him away from her. He's like, no, I'll put her on my damn horse. And then the horse refuses. And they manage, they put her in the Mach 5, and they manage to get 
Uh, because bucket seats. That's where you want to put an injured person. <laughs> yeah, well, it's better than sloped over the back of a I horse that's, that's falling down. <laughs> you know, Excellent point. Excellent in, point. In, in the options given, it was, it was one of the better... It was one of the better two. And I think the Mach 5 has a back seat for some reason. For some make a unknown reason that doesn't make any sense. Because that's clearly where uh, the uh, – in the DeLorean – what's the name of the <laughs> – the time travel thing, the flux the, capacitor. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. where the flux capacitor goes. For the time travel episode. Yes, yes for the time course. travel episode of, the, of Speed Racer, which I would love to see. I wish there were. There is a psychedelic episode that is uh You know what? That amazing. might be the nightmare one. I, I was wondering about that when you said that earlier. But there, Oh, wait. So to finish the, yeah. the, the car hater. Cater. Yeah, yeah. He – can't get his daughter to a hospital or to, to get medical attention in time. And they're like, there's only one Without way we can do that is we need a car. And so speed solves the problem. The problem of being this man is philosophically opposed to cars. He still even solves this ideological problem by driving very fast. <laughs> and in, and in, do, in so doing proves that there is use to cars. And then the guy has at end of every episode of Speed Racer, uh, the character either is carted off to jail or has a literal 180-degree uh, emotional turnaround. Oh, really? So if there's a, bo- a big boss, usually they arrest him, and then the goons are like, hey, car racing's not so bad. Hey, a, a, a good life is actually what I wanted. Maybe I'll be a mechanic now or something. Right, right. And then they're, they're fine. So the guy, the car hater, realizes that cars can be good, and it's all about responsibility. And, and you know, um... you don't have to be irresponsible. And then, then Speed says something the same. It's like... Yes, cars are good or bad. It doesn't matter. The point is that you have to be a responsible driver or something like that. Right. And so he, he convinces him in order to, to – he convinces him to like cars by driving fast. Oh, my God. Of course he does. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. Wow. This is a new thing. This is a, That was a signal for a new segment on the podcast? A uh, new segment on the podcast. Somebody is either – hello? We're hello. about to be joined by a man uh, named Kevin. It was early. Uh, I am doing one right now, okay. so you got to come back in like a half an hour. Okay. I'm so sorry, man. Yeah, sure. uh, it's going to be great. I swear to God. Um, he was supposed to be here at 2 p.m. because uh, it's Memorial Day, and uh, you know what probably happened is he, uh, he drove too fast. <laughs> uh, we'll be editing that out. Um, Fair. Fair enough. Even that, and, even that killer joke of mine right there. <laughs> <laughs> I have to leave the I whole might, thing in to set me up. I might. Uh, well, what I'll, I'll, I'll clip it. It'll be fine. Because uh, uh, e- oh my ego God. protected. Ego protected because you wrote a joke. Do you have favorite episodes? Uh, Car Hater is up there. I, I believe I mentioned this to you off mic, but I wrote my final paper of college or the oh, final right. paper that I handed into a class. Right. Was written about uh, the episode The Car Hater. And I have a distinct memory that it was a semiotic analysis of Speed Racer. And I, and Define I broke, the word semiotic. Please. A semiotic is, is a study by which we, we look at signs and symbols as a way of, of analyzing media. Yeah. And so it was fun to analyze uh, Speed Racer because – so like a name is a signifier, for example. And, and you know, uh, your name, Jackie, the, yes. the name doesn't sonically – represent who you are necessarily like like there's nothing about you know maybe your parents chose that because they did think it would represent something about close you. friends with the kennedys that's why they did it there you go nope uh, well uh, I, would they, I was named after jackie kennedy okay but, okay so but but that's like so that's an association right the word jackie yeah. means jackie kennedy to them it doesn't like the sound ja and key 
don't necessarily indicate what you are. So there's so that's like a thing that you would look at in semiotics is like how that sign represents the uh, its connection to the abstract concept that is you. And what's amazing about Speed Racer is that the initial signifiers are literal definitions as well. <laughs> because like his name is li- like there's no abstraction. Right. It's, it's the, an absence of abstraction. Right. Exactly. So so the everything is a is a first order signifier because everything is named after literally exactly what it is. Did you get how how'd you do on that paper? I got a I got a good enough grade on that paper that I don't think I even wrote the next paper because wow. Well, between I had to write that and I had to take a final exam, and in the final exam I wrote this one paper. We had essay options; it was an essay test, and one of them was contrast. Uh, you had to do a definition in history of modernism and postmodernism, and then talk about how they differ. So I wrote this really long, exhaustive paper, starting with uh, Courbet, I think, and and actually no, starting with the Rite of Spring, and then talking about like introduction of abstraction into modern art. And then I wrote this really long paper, and I was like, I think I really nailed that one. And then I had about you know half an hour to write one more essay for this test, and so I wrote a uh, Marxist analysis of Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. <laughs> And that's actually the final paper that I ever wrote for college. But among those three papers, I got such high grades that uh, there was a thing I was supposed to submit after the final exam that I hadn't finished, and I just didn't hand it in and still Romy did fine and Michelle's uh, high school reunion is uh, a triumph of that of, movie's excellent. It's yeah. craptastic. It is. We're not the ones who got fat. <laughs> we're pregnant, you idiot. Anyway, uh, it's uh, the, I. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyed that. It film. stands up to deconstruction. Is the Does other it? thing. It's really interesting. Well, you know, I wrote a Marxist analysis, so it's all about how uh, money is used as an indicator of uh, worth in this reality, right? Sure it, so is. They both have this style mm-hmm. that they they work on themselves, but in in ways to sort of make themselves look like they're wealthier than they are. But we we know that they're. They're doubting their own self-worth because what do they want in the beginning? They don't have jobs and they don't have good outfits to wear, which Mm -hmm. are indicators of wealth. And so this whole thing is about them trying to climb that ladder. And then these other women who are more financially solvent, they've married men and they've become, you know, uh, they've become mothers and they've they've married men who are more financially solvent. They've got all all the stuff that we're all supposed to have, right? Right. And so they – are therefore more valuable within it, it adheres to this metric in this yep. universe. But then you remember there's the one friend who broke off from that group who became a fashion designer. And so she is even more successful and even, you know, her, she's able to. Janine give- Garofalo? No, it's not Janine Garofalo. She, uh, invented she- the fast burning cigarette. Oh, that's it. Uh, it's, it's one of the four popular girls is now has very short hair yeah. and she is a, is a fashion designer. Oh, right. And so she is able to give worth to Romy Those- and Michelle by saying this thing that you do that indicates wealth, which is they create their own outfits. Yeah. Um, that is actually quite good. It's actually good and therefore has value and therefore you have value. And thus you are value. Yeah. So that's a, that's a very fast version of the final essay. Holy I wrote smokes. That is such an interesting way to watch. That craptastic movie, which is essentially, as far as I'm concerned, a, a Simpsons episode. It really is. Uh, yeah, down so. down to the point of the uh, of the nerd that comes back who's super rich. Well, there's that. But I was going to say the the sort of abstract ballet number in the end with the nerd who comes back that's super rich. Yes, the time after time. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I gotta respect a movie that has a no explanation, just formal break. Like, this is now a thing that can happen in this movie. It was not a musical before this. Right. And that's, there's a dream sequence in that movie. That, and but, that doesn't happen during the dream sequence. Well, the th- what you've, what you've introduced and, and, and revealed to me about Romeo and Michelle that I never really thought about was the B plot. Cause I have this whole thing about, and Rangers, uh, of the Dork Forest are like, we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have this whole thing is that it's kind of the, the crappier the movie, like the more 
we're just putting this out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're making a fun movie. The more social commentary it has, there's always a B plot that has a message. I see what you're saying. And yeah. your basic examples are things like dirty dancing, keep abortion legal, uh, footloose, censorship is bad. Right. Uh, blue crush, um, only true happiness is found through corporate sponsorship is the message of that one. Right. And, um, but Romy and Michelle is clearly, uh, capitalism is how you find it's your worth. Right. And that's, right. that's essentially, yeah, the, the, if so you break it, it down, be that's either the code right wing or left wing. It could be whatever it's going to be. Right. Especially because it's not just, you know, they don't win by getting rich in the end, but they do get, they do win by getting the approval of rich people. Both they get the approval the of rich comes people. Back and the and designer. at the end of it, they do have a job where they have their own shop. That's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah. They, so they have worth because they have financial solvency in the end. Right. So yeah. I had a um, professor in college who talked a lot about how, uh, he, he actually taught a he taught media criticism classes that I took, but he taught a entire class on Buffy at our school. And and the re, you know the, he I remember he showed an episode of Buffy in one of my classes, and then he was like, she's being stalked by something, and he he showed us this scene, and he was like, what is this scene? What's really happening? And the first couple of people were like, it's a chase scene, it's this, and then finally someone figured out, and they're like, oh, this is a this is a rape scene, and he was like, yes, exactly, like this is about a person running away from a rapist, mm-hmm. and that's a thing that you couldn't show on network television television for teenagers and so he but that was his way of showing us this you know this was a big crux of his philosophy was that uh genre fiction can often approach serious topics in a way that something more literal or direct can't uh both because yes you can dodge around censors that's like a more of a practical thing but also because uh through metaphor through allegory you can actually create a realization in people rather right. than simply uh, saying this is what's happening and then you react to it. You know? Right. I mean, whenever you watch uh, one of the dramas that is truly – like if you watch Schindler's List, mm-hmm. there's a list. Uh, Schindler saved a lot of lives. Yeah. It's great. And uh, But that's yeah. what the movie's what, about. I, it is a very very direct, yes. It's incredibly literal and it's a, and it's a very well done movie. But, um, you know, take – if let's say it was against the law. Let's talk about saving. And let's say there was a Holocaust denier. And there was like, no, that never happened. That never happened. You could do it separately in um, in a supernatural world. Right. And, I mean, and you, a, a Star Wars universe or something like right. that is a, a great The creation impact. of science fiction or yeah. fiction in general was to empower the disenfranchised to some mm-hmm. extent because it – and to give you hope. Like now that you've said that about Buffy – it's incredibly empowering that she turns around and faces her attackers all the time right, and, yeah. and destroys them. So it's, yeah. And, wow. and, and I also think that it has value even if the, you know, tween girl watching it doesn't realize what it's about. I do think that you can glean. I think you can elicit uh, an emotional response that uh, – applies to the thing that is allegorical for, right? Like right. I still think that you Even can if she doesn't know. Or, or, or you can, yeah, you can have an opinion or, or be philosophically connected to that in a way uh, without having to directly confront the fact that, that this is a metaphor. Right. And right. in that same line of thinking, Speed Racer is not about driving cars. <laughs> I, I never <laughs> was about? excited about – I think it's about self-determination. I think it's about, um, you know – it's it's about self actualization even and and i think you know it's he he's this character who the only thing that really makes him a better racer is that he just cares about it more than anyone else he just has to go fast like that's <laughs> he, his he's that obsessed. is his thing and everyone thinks he's the best at it because and but the only reason that we ever see that he's the best at it is because he's obsessed and i think as an obsessive person 
that really uh, I was attracted to that before I had like a thing, say, for example, like stand up where I could go, OK, I'm going to, you know, put my head down and work really hard on this for 10 years or something. And, right. and, and I'm going to take in as much of it as possible. And I'm going to go to as many shows as possible. You know, I have a tendency. I mean, people, my friends will tell you. When I get really into a new thing, I am intolerable. Because, <laughs> you know, I recently, I recently found out I started drinking a, a different kind of liquor. I started drinking bitters, and it was the only thing I would talk about for like six months. My brother and my girlfriend took me out Is for dinner. Is bitters alcoholic? Oh yeah, yeah. But like bitter and amari and things like that. My brother and my girlfriend took me out for dinner on my birthday, and both talked about how intolerable I was at the <laughs> dinner because of how particular my beverage choices were. So. Even before I knew that I wanted to do any of those things, there must have been something in me that was like, that's the kind of person I am. I give all of myself to something. I'm not saying I'm the best at anything that I do, but it's the psychology of speed The psychology racer. of it. Yeah, if that's I had to break the, it down, I think the that's what really attracted me you, to it in the first place. Right, because if, 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 if there is a message of Speed Racer and that's the message, caring about something makes you better at it and, yeah. and, and makes other people think that you're a value and, and there's worth in that. And yeah, so that's, that's the B plot of a speed racer. Yeah. It's all is, about, like I said, determination, you know, it's, he's not, he doesn't have the leg up. He, there are always like everyone, if all the to, bad to, guys, well, to give him, to give him, to give the show a little bit of credit, like they're usually up against corporations, which I think is an interesting thing. I don't know that that ever was an issue for me as a kid, but they're, it's a mom and pop company, humble right. beginnings. And they just make something that's really like, they make something crafted on their own that's better than what these big companies can make. And it's right, and always, there's only one of them. Right, and there's only one of them, and they're and they're good at it because they they work together and they work really hard. Yeah. And everyone else in the show is, you know, uh, about the money. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing. They're always trying to make the Mach 5 so that they can win this, either win this race and get all this money, or they're trying to steal his plan so they can mass produce it. And that's, that's also... The main plot of the movie is that uh, – Yeah, yeah. What's the, the plot of the movie? Oh, boy. Um, well, it, <laughs> it, it involves them versus a large uh, car manufacturer. Uh, so I do think it's interesting that like it, it, it doesn't have a money is value thing. It, it's, okay. You know, it's determination and caring is actually what's the most important thing. They're like, no, world. we're just trying to make our car mm -hmm. and it's this one car. We don't want you to make a billion of them. And we don't need uh, billions and billions of dollars. We just want to prove that this is the, the greatest car. And right, then we do one Speed's going to really well. drive it, and he's going to win every race because mm -hmm. he's the best driver, and we made the best car, and these are the things that are happening. And that's the plot of and, – and then somebody wants to steal it and re and repurpose it or something? Is yeah, that the, or, or the movie you're asking? Or yeah, yeah, the movie. So, so the movie um, the movie does a pretty good job of, of collecting like the main plots of the, the – the only thing that's really – is the car hater in there? <laughs> yeah, the car hater is not in there. I was going to say they're missing the Fair car enough. hater. Fair there isn't the psychedelic one, but but the main arc of the of the show goes into the movie. The major difference is that um, the they don't do the rapid talking. It's a very frenetic paced movie, but they the dialogue there is some slow dialogue. They okay. Make the dialogue, I think that was a, they had to make a deliberate choice there of like how crazy is this movie going to be because the movie right. is essentially one big montage. There are very few scene breaks. There's a lot of like a uh, uh, like. Faces fade through the screen. It's a very abstract version of montage. Yeah. And and they have – so, you know, they very rarely cut and stop a scene and then start another scene. It's just kind of constantly moving. The guys that did it um, – The Wachowskis directed it. The Matrix guys? The Matrix guys. Matrix, Matrix ladies now. Now Matrix ladies. Yeah. Okay. So they, uh, they did that. They did Cloud show Atlas. Show business. I'm, I'm, yeah. 
I'm, I'm over here. I'm, <laughs> I'm outside of the box. Uh, so, uh, I knew that, uh, brothers did the matrix and then they became ladies mm-hmm. and now they do other movies. And they, the movie they did was, um, there is Speed Racer. Speed Racer. Okay. They also made Sense Eight on Netflix. That nope. Oh my God. Well, that's a whole other story, but it's sure. it's, it's one of the most insane self indulgent things I've ever seen. But uh, they made Speed Racer the movie, which uh, I think is yet to make money. I think it currently has. Oh, really? Has still, still in the hole. In the hole. Yeah, but it is. I maintain that it is, in fact, a very good movie. I've seen almost no other movies. Is it available on Hulu or Netflix? I'm not sure. I recommend if you watch it, trying to get, make sure you're watching it in 1080p and on as big of a screen as possible because it is one of the most colorful, visually stimulating movies I've ever seen. I would compare it like a little bit to Scott Pilgrim versus the world where like the animation style like works with the reality. Like they do a part where like the lens flare turns into hearts when one of the characters sees the love interest. Like there's a lot of reality warping going on. How it's was the almost acting? all CG. Speed and Trixie. And- well, the acting is amazing because it's, it's, uh, the guy who plays Speed Racer, uh, Emil Hirsch is, uh, is Emil Hirsch, sorry, uh, is, is good. Uh, I think he does a good job with that role, which is because he's kind of like a, a kid who's just like really motivated. Gung ho. Some of the actors are very much like, Speed Racer, the TV show side characters, where they're just like, hey, I'm here to say this thing. <laughs> but then you have uh, John Goodman and Susan Sarandon play pops and moms, and there are these monologues that are so emotional, and it's so funny because this movie is so silly and cartoonish and ridiculous, and they play it like they're playing a, a Oscar-worthy drama. Shakespeare. There's this line Shakespeare where, where, on the race where moms... Play. Yeah. Moms. There's this whole monologue where moms is talking to him, and she's like, you know, when I see you out there... What you do out there on the track is art, and it makes me so impossibly <laughs> proud to be your mother. And it's so, Which is true to the plot. She Holy sells smokes. it so hard, too. Nice work. And meanwhile, she's random. probably in a green screen room. Like most of the movie is CGI. And yeah. there's, they, they throw these lines at um, John Goodman where like he they just make him say all this made-up shit that is not real. But he, right. there, there's a there's – a part in the car called a Bernoulli Convergenator, and he's like, <laughs> Bernoulli Convergenator doesn't have the kick of a the kick of a Bernoulli Convergenator, and he says every time he says it, he says it like it's a real thing. Oh, but they wow. just make him say all these crazy things. He's an actor. Yeah, he they're, they're very real actors in this movie. <laughs> but yeah, it's about the family. They, uh, Racer X is is the older brother. He died, quote unquote, died uh, in this very dangerous rally race, which is a you know. In in this version, there's like official racing, and then there's rally racing, which is a according to Pops, it's a back alley sport full of thieves and liars. And, <laughs> and so so, but the money's really good. And, and Rex died crashing uh, in in a rally race, and now it's years later, and Speed is about to break Rex's re- record in a race, and he takes his foot off the pedal, and so he doesn't break his brother's record, but he still gets really famous, like he's qualified in this yep. race that his brother was like you know on the rise in that yeah. same race. And so then Royalton Industries, which is a manufacturer that makes really fast cars, they want to take over the, the racer family business mm-hmm. and for Speed to be officially sponsored by them, but in doing so that they would give over the, you know, they would give away the plants of the Mach 5 and everything. Oh, right. And there's this like really emotional monologue where Speed tells the story of, of watching, 
you know, the, the 43 pre on the, on TV with his dad and how like that moment when they were there together, it was like after Rex died and then they start cheering, even though it was a rerun, they start cheering and screaming. And he's like, that's what racing is about to me. I never want to sell out. And then the villain responds with another very long monologue of himself. And he like starts laughing and he's like, you stupid little boy. And it ends when he says like, the only thing that matters is money and the relentless pursuit of power. <laughs> I want to do it as an audition monologue someday. <laughs> But that's like the whole the whole movie is like these crazy wow. like intense monologues, and then yeah, and then the whole thing is and then about two twenty minute racing, uh, three three twenty minute races, <laughs> and they try to cheat him in the race, and Speed has to go into a rally race, and Racer X shows up, and uh, there is a really incredible reveal where Racer X in the flashbacks is played by a different actor, but Adult Racer X is played by Matthew Fox, and they do a flashback where he gets plastic surgery and he takes the mask off, and he's Matthew Fox. Oh. Uh, it's a really right. amazing reveal. I'm in. Yeah. It's worth uh, watching. Matt Towson. Yes. Um, you've done the dork forest. Hey, thanks. We are at an hour and, uh, this has been awesome. This was I really fun. Thank you for having had me. had the time of my life and people should go find at Matt Towson, N-A-T-T-O-W-S-E-N and, uh, UCB New York on Mondays, downtown variety hour, 7.30 and your podcast, rate and subscribe podcast. The rate and subscribe podcast. Please, uh, remember to rate and subscribe. <laughs> So, uh, thank you for doing the show. Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?